0: Hey, you know it's been it's been over no it's been over ten months since I've preached in this building. Ten months? Can you believe it? I, what's that? They still pay me. Jim! Jim. What would we do without Jim? So If you're watching online, welcome today, whenever you're watching it. Uh, We're so glad you chose to be with us. We believe that God will meet you, He'll speak to you, He'll work in your life as you're in this broadcast, that His presence will be right there with you in your home, wherever you are at. Just to hang in there, we think God's going to do great things for you this morning. And uh, Janet, I want to take a minute just to thank... Erica and Ryan and Jensen and Judah for being here today. I don't know if you saw how tall Jensen is, but he could ski on his feet. there so long now. Uh, but anyway, you guys have always been there uh, for us and with us, and we never ask you to come on this crazy journey with all of its trials and sacrifices, but you took it in your stride like true champions, and we'll see you here again next week as we party. So we're going to get into it. Jono's in transit. He's on his way. And uh, he'll be here for the week with us, which is good. So we'll have the family together. Uh, I preached several weeks ago on soundtrack of summer. I was the second one in. And I preached out of Psalm 84 about the incredible journey that God's called us on. And today I'm closing out the series with a soundtrack I'm calling My Swan Song. <laughs> what are you laughing for? What's the matter with swans? <laughs> Sydney swans. there eh? Anyway my swan song. I I get to choose it. You know, if you look that up on the internet, serious, you look up, not now, but if you look up on the internet, the swan song, you know what you're going to find? It comes out of ancient Greece. Back uh, BC or 5 BC to 3 BC, it started out as a proverbial thing where they talk about the swan song. And it's a, let me read it to you. It's a metaphorical phrase for a final gesture, effort, or performance given just before death, or retirement. And listen to this though. The phrase refers to an ancient belief that swans sing a beautiful song just before their death. Having been silent or alternatively no music during most of their lifetime. This belief, it's been, it's been long debated. But it is still held as a proverb. And people talk about it in Western society and art and all kind of things. Literature. Even on the television last week. They said... Benji Marshall is playing his swan song. I bet you didn't know that. Sing before you die. So this is my swan song. However, I'm not dying. Well, we all are, but just not yet. (laughs) It's all right. It's okay. And I'm not retiring. But this is my final sermon to you as the senior pastor of Victory. After 25 years. Silver anniversary. And are you clapping because of 25 years or because I'm finished? It's final. Get him out of here. It's over with. It's dragging on. So my soundtrack of summer, I told Pastor Knight, this is what I want to do. I don't want to preach on the 7th. I want to party. It's an anniversary. You don't work on your anniversary. heaven's sakes. I want to party. So I want to preach on the 31st, my last message at Victory. And, uh, and he said, all right, all right, here's what we'll do. Pastor Mel, preach soundtrack of summer intro. You can preach soundtrack of summer outro. He's saying, get out of here. Time, go. But, so this is, my, this is my outro. It's my swan song. And next week, we're going to party, okay? We're going to celebrate 25 years, silver anniversary of being here. Can you believe it? I thought about, golly, when I showed up, wore tie, had dark hair, only the seedy mustache and no glasses. Look what you've done to me. Quiet, Jim. You're on my side, remember? That's true. You are. So today, the finale. What I want to do is not speak from history. I don't want to just be nostalgic, recounting stories from the past 25 years. Although, although, although. I can remember the time when Pastor Darren and Todd and Ryan bleached their hair, poo blonde, to be VSM students. Oh, and who could ever forget Trish Collison dancing in the aisles? We would like to forget, but it's etched, it's burned in our memory. Or Pete McQuillan playing his uh, congas and bongos on the stage in short pants, chewing, chewing to gum as he's chewing right now and did they kick you off or did you retire? You, off. You, you got kicked, okay. okay. So I'm not going to talk about all that stuff so what I want to do today is I want to speak from a pastor's heart to, a, to the church he loves and believes in. That's what I want to do. And to do that I want to look at Paul's first letter to the church at Thessalonica or modern day Thessaloniki. So if you get your Bibles out, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 if you're watching on screen these verses will be on the screen for you to watch we'll put them up there you will see in this passage Paul's family heart for this church it's a church under fire yet he writes them a, an incredibly warm letter it's a family letter and in these five short chapters he calls them brothers he uses the Greek term adelphoi. now it's not gender specific Because it's a family term. And as N.T. Wright says in his translation, he uses the phrase, dear family. So instead of saying brothers, he says, dear family. Paul uses that phrase 18 times in these five chapters. It's a family letter. And he's talking to them as family. I love what Brian Simmons said in his passion translation about 1 Thessalonians. He said, it could be called Paul's friendliest letter and so as, uh, as we go through this Janet and I want to and I'm going to get her on stage in a little while, we want to relate to you Paul's heart for that church and out of that our heart for you has been our church for 25 years you need to know this is the longest place Janet and I have ever lived longest church I've ever been in because you get moved around in this um, I mean even when I was born I was born into the military so we got shifted around and so I didn't, you know, you think everything's Alabama. I've actually lived here a lot longer than I ever lived in Alabama, Pete. So we're going to start at verse two of chapter one. Paul talks about being thankful for these people who meant so much to him. And we want to talk about our thankfulness because of you. Chapter two, chapter one, verse two. We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith. Your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul focuses on that great trilogy he talks about through letters. Faith, hope, love. He's literally saying your faith works. He didn't say you work for faith, but you've got a working faith. Faith without works is dead. But a faith that works is incredible and it's powerful and even in the face of opposition this church had a faith that was working powerfully and Janet and I want to say to you we have seen you step out in faith and do amazing things time and time again you know we've watched you buy and sell buildings we've watched you move from place to place we've watched you take on challenges we used to stand in the auditorium over at Fraser Parade oh God we need $3,000 this week in our tithe or we're not going to make it and we've watched it grow And grow and grow through your faith and your faithfulness. We thank God that you are a people of faith. You walk by faith. Your faith works. And you do what you do because of love. You labor out of love. It's not because somebody's behind you, prodding you, pushing you, telling you you got to or God's not going to like you. You do it because he loved you first. We love God because he first loved us. Imagine the labor that went into him loving us. All the energy, the emotion, the, the pain that he went through. And he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? I know why. Because he loved you. Well, then a love that's just unrealistic. And you know, you, love, you labor out of love because you love each other. You couldn't have a closer family on the planet. No disrespect to, to natural family, but there is no closer family on the planet than this. This is a family that goes forever. And finally, you know, you do what you do. You labor out of love because God so loves this city. It's not about a little holy huddle that sticks together like a cult. We turn out and we look. I was just thinking this morning, you know, the old Kevin Costner prophecy, build it and they will come. That's not from the Bible, believe it or not. You know what God would say? Build them and they will go. They will go into the highways, the hedges, and compel them into my house. Build them, and they will go. Don't get it back to front. You do what you do because of love, and you move out of a labor of love because you know that you're already loved by him and accepted by him, not to get his acceptance, which is awesome. We thank God for your labor of love, and you keep on keeping on because of your hope. You know, last year just... The thing that kept coming out again and again and again was people without hope. You are never without hope. Christ in you, you've got hope in you, is the hope of glory. You have an expectation, listen, that God is on your side. Hope doesn't mean I wish. Hope means I expect. It's not, man, I wish this would happen. It's no, I expect it to happen. That's the hope that you have. God is on your side. He's working on your behalf. And he's going to continue to do more than you could ask or imagine until he returns. You have a great hope in the future because Christ is in you with hope. And there you've got that trilogy. Faith, hope, love. We thank God for you because of your faith, your hope, your love. Let's drop down to verse 4. For we know, brothers, that's that word, dear family, Loved by God that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Today I don't know what in the world is going on in Christianity. But all you got to do is just go through some podcasts and what used to be the gospel has turned into motivational speaking. What used to be the word of God has turned into nice positive talks. What used to be with the word of faith has now turned into see it, believe it, and snatch it. And I want to tell you something. It's the gospel that comes with power. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. It's not my sermon that causes your belief. It's the gospel. And I would be remiss on this last one if I didn't tell you that Jesus died for your sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried And that he was raised again on the third day according to the scriptures. This is the gospel, Paul says in Corinthians, whereby you are saved. And you have loved the gospel. You have loved the word of God. And you have watched the word of God work in people's lives with power. Because the author, the Holy Spirit has taken that word and he has changed lives forever. Faith comes by hearing this word. And you've loved it. And you've come at it with a deep conviction. I I don't know what I would have done had I been in a church that said, you know, we wish you had preached some more modern stuff and get out of that old book. Well, I'm glad you're not like that. Because I wouldn't have lasted long. And neither would you. Anyway, you know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. I mean, you don't need to hang around me long to kind of watch that I like to preach a little bit. And I really love the fact that you have loved that I would preach. Because that's my gift. You know, I, I can, anytime I've tried to doctor it up and do, be like somebody else and tell, I can't tell stories like Pastor Nate. He's the king of stories. I can't quote movies like Pastor Darren. He's the movie guru. I'm back there. He said, tell me what Truman said on the Truman Show, goodbye, farewell, go away, whatever, whatever he said. Darren can quote it, bang. you know. I I, I just can't entertain you. That's not me. But I love that you didn't come to be entertained, but to be fed, to be built, to be changed by the Word of God. Because the truth is this. You have been and you continue to be a church empowered by the Spirit. Without a doubt. That's one of the things that drew us here. We've seen him move among you so many times and we have reason to believe that this is going to continue. My Lord, I remember people walking into our building and going, I remember a witch walking in there once. How do I know she was a witch? She told me. If you were around way back in the 90s, you remember we did a thing called uh, trick or truth. Remember that? Got a witch. Come check it out. And she came up to me and said, man, I don't know what's in this place, but there's an aura here. I said, this is not an aura, sweetheart. This is the presence of God. You're not going to get that at a Wicca meeting. The presence of God was so real. We 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 had a Muslim walk in one Sunday and said, there is something powerful here. And I'm telling you, never lose your passion for his presence. It was prophesied as we had a prayer meeting in here before our first service about a fireplace and a fire. Let the fire loose and let it burn. You're a people empowered by the Spirit and a people of strong convictions. You know. You know what a conviction is? It's something I know that's not changing. I don't negotiate it. It doesn't go away. And you have this knowing, this assurance that God loves you. He's chosen you. He trusts you. And you actually, in the face of a global pandemic will not stop believing that Jesus is building his church. And the amazing thing is that he does it with ordinary people like you and me. If I had my choice next week, and I've been told I can't do it, (laughs) I, I would disappear. I wouldn't be here. I would let you celebrate, but I wouldn't be here. Because that's not me. Pete will tell you, that's not me. I just, I, I don't like the fanfare and the build up on Facebook and Insta and Twitter. God love Twitter. I, I don't like to be built up on that. It does the wrong thing to the ego. It causes you to think that you're something more than what God says about you. And like Paul, I'm, I'm just, I'm a servant like you. I'm a carrier. I'm a messenger. I, I've got a, I've got a mission. And I'll celebrate. I'll be here, but I won't dance. <laughs> Somebody said, "Are you going to go out there and dance?" I said, "Listen, Mill said you're going to go out and dance." I said, "No, the mu- the music moves me, but it moves me ugly. <laughs> so I'm not doing that." But the deal is this: Paul writes in verse seven, and he says this. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, in your city and beyond. People saw the reality of God in you. The Lord's message rang out from you. Now remember, these guys are only, they are less than a year old as a Christian. And the message rang out. Not only in your city and in your region, watch this, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. The moment you blow your trumpet, you just lost humility. And Paul is saying, I'm not blowing a trumpet here because your faith speaks for itself. And the deal is this. If I have to tell everybody on Instagram how great you are, then you're not telling them by your life. Now, I'm not against that. Don't get me wrong. Go for it, Earl. However, 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 a life empowered by the Spirit, walking by faith, and doing the kingdom stuff is far more powerful than any billboard anywhere. That's you. You are truly an influential church. And I take my hat off to you because when we came here, instead of bunkering down and protecting yourself after several years of difficulty, you stepped out and you have made an impact in this city and beyond for the kingdom of God. And you have been talked about. Listen, several years ago, Pastor Phil was talking to me. He goes, my Lord, Keith, everywhere I go, I hear people talking about Victory. What's happening at victory? What happened at victory? Who came out of victory? What God's doing at victory? That's you. That's you. You're an influential church. And I want to declare over you that this will continue in the months and the years to come. May your influence increase beyond measure. This is your heritage. It is your legacy. It is your future. We thank God for you. Well, you can give yourself a hand. No, serious. Come on. Chapter two. I'm going through every chapter. So just settle in. No, I'm not. This is it. Four verses and we're done. Because Paul's heart, his family heart now comes out. His affection for them starts to come out. And in chapter 2, we want to talk about our affection for you. But I like the way Brian Simmons puts it in the translation, so it's got to go on screen, unless you've got the passion with you, translation. I didn't say say be passionate with each other. I said, anyway. So we'll put it up, chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Even though we could have imposed upon you our demands as apostles of Christ, instead, we showed you kindness and we were gentle among you. I don't think I've ever been accused of being gentle, but anyway. We cared for you in the same way a nursing mother cares for her own children. By the way, you know why I punch you guys when you come around? Let me just, you probably hadn't figured it out in 25 years. If I hadn't punched you, I don't like you. Right, Earl? Yeah, Earl's going, yeah, every day he punches me because I grew up with one brother on this side and one brother on that side, and I got punched from both directions. So I'm just giving back to you what I got. Anyway, not gent- that's my gentle. Okay, we cared for you in the same way a nursing mother cares for her own children. With a mother's love and affectionate attachment to you, we were happy to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our, also our lives. Do you hear what he's saying? It's not just about a message... It's also about a messenger. We didn't come just to tell you a story. We didn't come to tickle your ears. We didn't see in Paul's day in that age, they had traveling charlatans who would, who would paint their own portrait as being this great orator, this great speaker, this philosopher, and they'd roll into a city with their traveling band, and they would stand up and they would wow the crowds only to get money or favor. Now, I'm not telling you what kind of favor. You'll figure it out. And Paul says, We are not like that. We didn't show up to get anything from you. We came because we love you. Gave our lives for you. Verse 11 goes on and says this And you know how affectionately we treated each one of you like a loving father cares for his own children. We, comfort, we comforted and encouraged you and challenged you to adopt a lifestyle. Listen to this phrase worthy of God. Walking with God, living for God is not, not a car sitting still in neutral. Oh yeah, I just be. No, no, if you be, you do. Bad grammar, isn't it? But you can't really be without doing. Doing doesn't make you something, but you do something because you are something. And he says, live a life worthy of God who invites you. It's the most incredible thing, into his kingdom and glory. This is the heart of family. We shared our lives with you. We lived for you. We didn't take anything from you. And I need to tell you, for Janet and myself, this is more than a job. I think you know that. Every piece of advice we ever got from mentors and overseers and everything they said when you do your calendar every year the first thing you do is put your holidays in that's the last thing we ever did Um, and not because we don't ever want to have a holiday it's because it's not the highest priority for us it's not the first thing we think about it's not what we make a living for We, we eat we drink we sleep we dream about you And this is a calling, it's a purpose, it's our spiritual family. You might not know this, but before we came over from South Australia more than 25 years ago, we actually were getting unsettled. The the best way i describe it, whoever got a haircut, you guys, from a barber, old-fashioned barber in the big old chair that kind of half leans back and he can lift you up and it'll spin around. Anybody ever get one of those? No, Richard's not raising his hand. His hair's long gone. He's laughing at me. No, I don't know that. Anyway, it felt like we were in this big barber's chair and one by one somebody was loosening the bolts and it was about to lift off. And we literally thought, this is back in the middle of 1995, we literally thought, if there ever was a time to go back to America, this is it. After 14 years in South Australia... If there ever was a time our kid's age and we've been gone so long and to to kind of graft back into the culture we came from, this is it. Phone rings. Voice from the east. Hello, this is such and such from Victory Baptist Church. We've been given your name and recommended that you might be interested in becoming our senior pastor. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Where's that at? Newcastle. Well, where's that? Serious. Serious. Victory Baptist? Someone Googled Victory Baptist. It was not good news online. We came over. We prayed about it. We chose you over our homeland. Which meant for the rest of life. Can't go back after that. And that's why we've been here 25 years. It was this city and this church that caused us to put down roots for life. You. I could do without a, a little bit more rain, but I do love the city. Bought our first and only home here. We still live there. We became citizens here in the council chambers. As Paul said, we shared our lives with you. It wasn't just a job. And victory will continue to be our home where we will be credentialed as pastors emeritus, which means under your covering, connected to you and sent out by you to do ministry. This has been our life for 25 years. We've chosen to live among you, encouraging you, building you, exhorting you to seek first the kingdom of God. We chose you. Janet, would you like to come up? Thanks, Jack. I remember holding that guy, little baby. Looking forward to doing your wedding. When is it, next week? Come on, boy, don't be slow. Anyway... Where's the other one, Chris? (laughs) Anyway, hey, we just want to say thank you for trusting us. Yeah, yeah. For the privilege of leading you during this time. Yeah. Yep. Um, We ask you to pray for us because we're not retiring. We're moving into the next part of our journey for the kingdom. And this is the first time in 40 years. Yep. I don't know what's next. Yep. Yep. I do know what it's not, but I don't know what it is. So pray that the road ahead will be open and clear. Because in 1980, when we were praying about coming to Australia, the Lord gave us a soundtrack out of Proverbs.
1: That's right.
0: We've been singing that soundtrack since 1980. Yeah. Almost weekly and more so now than ever. <laughs> Probably and daily, I think. I think. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Some of you know it well. And uh, we've lived by this song. If we talk soundtrack of summer, we've lived by this song. So allow me to personalize it to you and sing this song to you as it were. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, and this is the way we would say it. We trust the Lord with all our heart. We're not leaning on our own understanding. In all our ways... said I wasn't going to do that. In all our ways, we continue to acknowledge him, his leading, his goodness, his calling, knowing, trusting, believing that he has and he will continue to direct our path.
1: That's right.
0: I'd like, uh, if you wouldn't mind, the executive board to stand. Can uh, Richard, I know you're back there doing the screens and things, but could you come out so the people can see you? I think Richard Thomas and Graham Cothier have been longest by our side on this board. Nearly the whole 25 years. <laughs> I mean, it's morphed over the years, hasn't it? From eldership to governing board to executive board. Thanks, Richard. I wanted the people to see you. We're missing Jess today. I don't know where Jess is. She's probably at the kids. Yes. Are we missing anybody else? Gary is here. Jono. John, o. John o. Holt's this not here. Anybody bad. else we're missing? There's David. Andrew's a newbie on the board. Pastor Knights and you be on the board. Who are we missing? Somebody else? Simon and Keith. Simon. Yeah, Simon and Mel. Simon and Come Mel. out here, Mel. Come out here. Come on. You're on the board. Erica, a few years ago, one of my closest mates who leads our home church said, Keith, in America, 90% of the pastors who start out in ministry don't make it to the end. 90%. Now, you know, one of the reasons is they have a horrendous, horrendous time with controlling boards and committees. Kills their vision, chokes the life out of their calling. Not this board. We are so thankful to God for every one of you. You have cared for us, walked with us, led with us, prayed with us, and cried with us over many years, and we wouldn't have made it without you. I just want to declare over you. I got some things last night, just before I kind of went off, drifted off into sleep. Like, God, why didn't you do this while I was sitting in my Jason? Anyway. Uh, I was actually thinking about you in this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit dropped two things into my mind to speak over you. And the first one is this the spirit of Bezalel will be upon you. If you don't know who Bezalel is, go read Exodus 31. Bezalel was a builder, he was a craftsman, he was an artisan. He built the first tangible house of God on the planet. The first person ever to be filled with a Holy Spirit right. that we know of. Moses appointed him to build a tabernacle for the presence of God. And here is what God said about Bezalel to Moses. And I want to speak this over every one of you. And I have filled him. I have filled them With the Holy Spirit of God in all wisdom. God give you the wisdom to know which way to go. God give you the wisdom to know what platform to stand on. God give you the wisdom to know when to turn left and when to go right. God give you the wisdom to know how to take this church into its future. Gave him wisdom and understanding and knowledge in all manner. Of workmanship, There will be new kinds of buildings and properties. There will be ways where there didn't used to be a way. And God will give you the wisdom to know what to do. God will give you the knowledge yes. to know how to do it. He will release the funds. He will release the workmanship. And the spirit of God will be on you for this. That's the spirit of Bezalel. Go read Exodus 31.3. One more. This is the second one he gave me. He wants to give you the ability and the anointing of the sons of Issachar. Now, if you know anything about me and been listening to me for some time, I am a Pauline preacher. Doesn't mean I follow Pauline. Pauline means Paul. Serious, I love Paul, through and through. Give me Paul, I could be happy the rest of my life. Here I am out of the Old Testament. This had to be God. Two men out of the Old Testament. The sons of Issachar. These were men who joined David's army when there really wasn't an army. They became part of his future when there was no future. And they joined David and there's one line of description about them. Not that they're fierce warriors, not that they're amazing fighters, but it's this. They are men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do to come upon you will be a spirit of discerning of seeing of reading not according to pop culture or according to modernity but according to the eyes that the spirit alone can give you to see what the world could never tell you or let you see so that you don't just understand you now say God is saying this is the way we are walking in it
1: yeah that's right
0: in David's time All of these men would have been seen as fools. What are you doing? Saul's kingdom will annihilate you. No, God has called that man. We have seen the crown on his head. You will see things before people see them. You will know things before they understand them. You will lead them to places they don't even know they're going to until they get there. Because the spirit of the sons of Issachar is upon you. So Father, I pray for every board member, every one of them, that the spirit of Bezalel and the spirit of Issachar will come upon them, and they will take this church from strength to strength, God from glory to glory. Let your glory be in the church Amen. as it was in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks.
1: Yeah, um, I like the um, our pastors and our staff to stand. Part some back there unpaid. too. Tamika back there. Pastor Chris back there.
0: Mel back there. Yep. Who else? Darren back there? Joel is somewhere.
1: I think maybe Joel's up there. All of our pastors and staff?
0: I didn't do too bad preaching. I'm sweating. <laughs> I don't, if I don't sweat, I didn't preach well. That's
1: true. Oh, well. True. Okay. So you're all Go staying. for it, honey. You have walked a journey with us for some time now. In different capacities and different ways. We have laughed a lot and did crazy things in the office.
0: Where's joy
1: yes like Easter egg hunts oh my goodness you would be amazed at the oh, amount that. of competitiveness there was pushing and people. into the square oh my goodness yes oh th- yes I think that there were the um, people at the square were going to call the police because they were thinking what are these crazy people running around gathering things we had Thanksgiving and Christmas celebrations together trying to work out some people that had never had turkey before. I introduced them to it. Sweet potato
0: casserole. Yes,
1: some of them like that. I know. Birthday cakes. (laughs) Almost every week. I think so. At least every month. And if not, we always would make them up anyway. Just so that everyone, particularly some of the guys, would have cake every month. But we also had many incredible times together in his presence, ministering to one another. And, of course, our wonderful staff retreats. Those things have been just absolutely amazing. And while it's not always been easy, an easy road, that you have been there. You have believed in this vision. You have, have a calling with this church. You have loved the people. You have carried a passion for Him and His presence. You have loved us and covered us along with along the way. The future is yours. Make it, make your future what God wants it to be. I couldn't ask for any more. Couldn't ask for better staff. We couldn't ask for better pastors who have walked with us. We have laughed, we have cried, we have shed blood for you, for our family. Lord God, I just wanna thank you for each and every one of our pastors, of our staff. Oh God, would your blessing would just be poured out in abundance over them, over their families. Lord God, I want to thank you. Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you that they have a love and a passion and purpose. Lord God, you are a great God and you are worthy to be praised. And we thank you for them. We thank you that they give and they give again and again. And they will continue to because Lord God, you have ordained them. You have called them to such a time as this. Right. Lord God, would you bless and favor them in every area. Lord God, we thank you for them. We praise you. And Lord, we just love them because you loved them and you love through us. And that Lord, together, we love your people. And we love those who are coming to faith in Jesus. And Lord God, we just want to thank you that people are coming in. Lord God, are coming into faith because of the faithfulness. Because, Lord God, our future is good because our eyes are on you. And, Lord, I just pray that over them in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Can we ask everybody to stand, the whole church to stand, because uh, Janet's going to read to you the last two verses we wanted to bring to you out of uh, 1 Thessalonians' (laughs) pastor's heart. This is what we would say about you and to you.
1: Yep. Verse 19, it says, For you, for what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy.
0: I just want to say to anyone watching, if you have not yet given your life, your heart, your soul to Jesus Christ. He gave you His all at the cross. And He died for you. God loved you so much. He sent His one and only Son to die on a cruel cross, not because somebody executed Him, but because He offered His life in your place as a payment for your salvation, for our salvation. And if you've not done that, all you need to do is confess to Him that you have wronged God, you 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 have sinned against a holy God, but then confess with your mouth that God sent His Son to cover that sin, to pay for that sin, and believe that He is who He said He is, the Son of God, and, and acknowledge Him as your Lord and your Savior, and that God has raised Him from the That's dead, right. and you too can be forgiven and have life forevermore. If you haven't done that, there'll be an icon on the screen. You can click that. There'll be people who will dialogue with you and help you to do that. That has been a hallmark of this church.
1: That's right.
0: May that increase exponentially where people are coming to faith. And can I say to you, church, the best way people come to faith is not because we have some new sermon. It's because you are the sermon. That's right. Paul said to the Corinthians, you are his letters written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. And, and people read your life and people have come to faith in and through the ministry of this church because of you. Because you are bringers, you are inviters, you are the message of the gospel in true living color. So we want to close now with the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, give you peace.